You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Repack, presented by Acme Packing Company. I'm Justice Mosqueda. Joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up the people, Tex. What's up, Justice, my old friend. Hello, darkness, my old friend. The uh, Green Bay Packers on 538 are now a 5% chance to make the playoffs. It's hard. Wow. Especially considering the, the fact that San Francisco, you know, had had won on Sunday night and then Washington had won on Monday night, that the Packers can now make the playoffs. They basically had to go undefeated down the stretch to really have a shot at that seventh seed. And now losing, plus those two teams winning, which are, you know, the teams that are competing for that seventh seed, it feels like the season's over. The Packers lost 27-17 to 17 to the Tennessee Titans. Brian Tannehill threw for 333 yards. The Titans coming into this game were the 31st-ranked uh, passing offense. I, I don't think anyone thought the passing game was going to be what ended up killing the Packers. I thought everyone thought it was going to be Derrick Henry, who they kept to 3.1 yards per carry. But obviously, you look at the plays and – the third and shorts are really what killed them there in terms of the the Henry runs. Um, Rodgers hasn't thrown a 300-yard passing game like Tannehill did tonight since December 12th of last year. So usually don't win those. My God. And now the season's over. I, I'm shocked that the playoff odds are that high. I thought this is a 1%, maybe 2% at the most at this point because – yeah, based on how the games shook out over the weekend, Monday night's game, Washington beating Philly, like this, this felt like a must-win game tonight, and and now you have no choice. You have to run the table, right? I think so. I don't think there's a way that they can make it unless they do run the table. Um, yeah, nine and eight doesn't get this team in with how far behind they are on um, on head-to-head tiebreakers in the NFC. I think at this point with San Francisco playing as well as they have to, it has to be like a Seahawks collapse. Like mm-hmm. Seattle has to lose or, or the Giants, one of those teams, right? One of those teams has to lose grip of that seven seed and just fall out of the playoffs entirely. But even then the Seahawks are at six wins. Um, the Giants are at seven. So, I mean, it's coming right down to it in terms of, is it even actually possible teams that are ahead of the Packers in terms of playoff odds coming into this, the, or not coming into this, but coming out of this, the three and six Browns, right? 8%, the three and six Rams, the three and seven Panthers, three and seven Panthers. So that's at least, yeah. I mean that, that one, I guess I get, if only because they still have a chance of winning their division because the NFC South is a a trash fire. But uh, yeah, so well, and and not only is the season over, but Twitter might be over forever. Like it's just a, it's going to be a bad weekend all around. Yeah, we had what might have been the last Twitter spaces today um, for for APC. If you if you guys need to find us, 
we'll have a Discord. I'll post it in the link to this post. I'll post it in the description of this podcast if you guys want to join up there. Uh, if for whatever reason Twitter does actually go down, like people are saying, uh, it might. Um, you'll be you'll be able to find us. I promise. Yeah, AV, ABC sure. will still be up, so yeah, you don't got to worry about that. Oh boy! So this game, in general, I I just want to let's think this out. Okay, if they do run the team back next year. Because I, I am getting a lot of these questions of, like, what's even the point, right? We Archon wrote the article about, like, it's actually feasible to trade Aaron Rodgers post-June 1, and it's pretty palatable for a team to kind of assume the $18 million cap hit. Now it's just, like, will Green Bay eat all that dead money to give him away? Would they just force him to retire? What's going on with that? That's a whole separate discussion, right? But if they do decide to run it back, there has to be an internal narrative here, right? Because yeah. they would be running back basically the maybe a worse team than they have this year in terms of talent, plus draft picks, right? They, well, they'd add draft picks, but they'd have fewer guys. Well, and we've talked about the way the cap works out is like you might have to get rid of Aaron Jones. Like yeah. I that's and that's not a palatable option right now. I mean, he's he's practically your you know, again, he we we've talked about him being the the driver of this offense right now. Um can yeah, can you run this all back based on oh well some guys are injured? Um we're we're counting on development from some of our rookies, you Not know, even receivers and Clay. Like Campbell like, Campbell's out, but yeah, is he gonna I, stop Brian Tannehill throwing for three hundred? No. Stokes yeah. probably was not a very big factor. You still have Savage out there no matter what happens. I think right. the internal narrative, this is the nail in the coffin for Joe Barry, in my opinion. Because yes. if the team is gonna move forward. They're going to have to look in the mirror and say, why were we this bad when we we were attempting to be as all in as we could be, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's any blame to have on someone who wouldn't be returning next year, it'd be Joe Barry. He's the only guy. He's the scapegoat. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that solves the problem, but I just think like internally, if they're going to keep this core unit together and move forward and not give up on Aaron Rodgers's um, the tail end of his prime here in, in Green Bay and stuff and send him somewhere else for draft picks. It has to just be pointing fingers at Joe Barry saying we didn't, we weren't good enough there. And then going in a direct different direction on the defensive side and hoping this defense plays to its potential. I mean, it's the second highest paid defense in the league. And that's not including all the guys on rookie contracts who were first round picks. Like we we've been saying this for years. It's it's always less than the sum of its parts on defense. It's that going back to to Petten to the second half of Capers tenure in Green Bay, like they have just not lived up to the level of talent that they have on all three levels of this defense. And I mean, we, did did Devontae Wyatt play at all tonight? Like I, I don't remember. Got... I don't oh, no, remember I seeing him on the field at all. He might have gotten in with Slayton. Got hurt, but yeah, right. Wyatt, I think he played like what, like fifteen snaps last week. He was getting uptick yeah. of snaps. So yeah, like where was where was he? Like I, there's 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 that there's the the consistently playing soft coverage against a receiving core that is not very good for ten on third downs particularly on third down exactly. Like I I I can almost accept being run over by Derrick Henry on third and two consistently. Like I get that 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 makes sense to me because he's Derrick Henry. 
when you're converting third and sevens, third and nines with regularity, because your, your D backs are sitting back, you know, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage on every play that is unacceptable. And that's a schematic problem. And it's, yeah, it's time for, it's time for change. Yeah. Robert Woods was eating them up. He had an average of 11.5 yards. So it's not like he was catching big shots or anything like that. Traylon Burks had that one at the end of the game um, to kind of seal the clock situation going, going down. But outside of that, like, it's not like they were really getting bombed. They had that, screen pass to Derrick Henry where they didn't call hold. Roger said after the game, you know, they kind of knew the 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 uh the refs weren't gonna call a lot in this game just based off of how they had called uh other games and stuff. But I mean there were guys like uh Chigi Kwanu was out there and caught a 31 yarder and I was like holy yeah. crap I had forgotten you existed. You know <laughs> stuff like that where it's like this is just a little embarrassing. The passing game um Obviously, everyone's going to be happy about Christian Watson getting two touchdowns. He's you know, five in five days or four days. I can't remember how it ends up working out. Um, but the leader was Randall Cobb, fresh off of IR. Lazard didn't have a great game. Sammy no. Watkins and Rodgers just didn't look like they were on the same page. They combined got 13 targets for five completions and 57 yards. That's just it's not good enough. Right. And no. Lazard's a guy in a contract year and Watkins is now going free agent. It's tough to imagine these guys returning and, you know, look at the landscape of the wide receiver room. Right. So Lazard expiring contract, Randall Cobb expiring contract, Watson Watkins expiring contract. Um, and now, you know, obviously Amari Rogers was released earlier in the week. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon took or uh, Randall Cobb took over uh, punt return duties. You have three wide receivers on the contract for next year, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Samari Toure. I mean, this is a team that feasibly needs to add at least two more wide receivers in the offseason, and they don't have a ton yeah. of assets to do it. So right. you can't fix other things if you want to even replace the production you're getting out of Lazard, Cobb, and Watkins. And that's a tough pill to swallow. That's why I think, like, the internal monologue, there has to be a reason for why you're doing bad. And if it's not going to be Rodgers – and it's not going to be these young players, and it's not going to be the offensive line, right? Because it doesn't seem like they're really putting the blame on any of those guys. Yep. It has to be the defensive side. And mm-hmm. you have so many stars that, like, anyone who's returning for next year is already going to be a starter. So that's not going to change. It has to be the defensive play caller. It's the only yep. guy that they can feasibly put blame on and feel good about running this team back next season. So. Yeah, it it worries me that they're going to find that narrative and and create it rather than you know having it having it develop naturally and 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 actually make sense, right? That they're going to run it back when all signs point to them you know needing to to press reset and and really go into full-blown rebuild mode next year. Um I think that's what I'm most they, worried about. They but... turned the franchise over to Rodgers when he signed that contract. Yeah. The way yeah. it's structured, he he runs the show now. He did yeah. everything to his credit. He did everything he said he was going to do. He was like, you will never, ever, ever do the Jordan Love thing to me ever again. <laughs> and I will ensure this because I have a detonation button that yep. I get to press whenever I want where I can retire. And all these, all the, all the uh, salary conversions that you push into the future hit your cap space immediately. So you have to make me happy. 
and he's 38 years old. He's going to turn 39 in two weeks. Yep. There's no way he's going to just eat it on the chin and say, yeah, we're rebuilding next year after the Packers are more than likely going to have a sub 500 record this year. There's just no way he's going to do it. Yep. (sighs) Ah. It's a weird place to be like this is I, I i'm trying to figure out is this team actively bad or are they just mediocre and have had a couple of unfortunate breaks you know with like the rogers thumb injury and a you know a couple of weird things at the end of games and they're just like in that kind of middle like you know group of teams that's not good not bad just kind of there i don't I don't know. I feel like that's more likely than this team being outright bad, which is almost worse. Yeah. Right. Cause again, if you're outright bad, you know, go, go ahead and tank and, and get a top five pick. But being in that, that weird mushy middle space is almost worse. I think early on in the season, there were definitely one, the miscommunication with the wide receivers was crazy. Right. Yep. And then even, on the defensive side, right? The Justin Jefferson game, they're letting him run butt naked wide open. They're not changing switches, all that stuff. Um, then you started to see that settle down. And then immediately Rodgers gets hurt, right? And yeah. then you can't go under center. The offense goes to crap. They start looking okay again. And then it's like the defense is now out of – it just ill, Ill timing um, on the third down stuff and the right. soft coverages and – it does seem like some of these guys, too. I mean, they bring it up to Rodgers after every game. They're like, morale in the locker room, morale in the locker room. It's like, Jair seems like he's fed up. <laughs> yeah. And, like, if Jair's fed up, what are you going to do? That guy's under contract for forever at this point. Like, he's probably going to be on the team longer than Rodgers is, right? So, I don't, I don't know what you do, but yeah. if there was ever a time to make a switch, I mean, if you have a guy on staff that you think can call plays, like – Now's the chance to give them the look because you have that kind of mini buy going into the uh, Philadelphia Eagles game. You have a buy later in the season. Um, right. Yeah. By that, by that point, if you haven't, you know, if you've lost another one or two games at that point, which you feel, you feel confident that they probably will play in Philly next Saturday or next Sunday. Um, at that Sunday point, it's night, too late. By the way. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, is it, is it too late to flex that game out of Sunday night? What's the deadline for, for flexing that? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I know college football, what it's six days. Yeah. I think that, I think we might be too late. We might be locked into Sunday night for that one, but, um, but yeah, I mean, doing it in the actual buy three weeks from now is too late um, to, to have any hope of salvaging yeah. the season. So the only guy, the problem is the only guy on staff who, I think has a, a chance of being competent at it right now, at least is Jerry Gray. Cause he's at least done it before he's been a defensive coordinator. Um, he's called the plays. You, you've got a chance there maybe. And he's a, he's a secondary guy. And I don't know, maybe he'd bring a little bit of a different approach um, knowing the guys in the secondary a little bit better, but um, that's, he's the only guy on staff who you could potentially give it to. Right. So this is funny you brought this up. Uh, Palacero wrote the article this week about all the young coaches in the league uh-huh. who are kind of <laughs> on the watch list to to kind of become head coaches moving forward, right? There are two names on the defensive side, and these are only guys who are, I think it's like 45 years or younger. So I, I don't think uh, Graham makes that. No, that yeah, cutoff. he's definitely older than that. But, but two names. Um 
that could take over as defensive play callers for the Packers. First one, Ryan Downard, the uh, young safeties coach. Wow. Who's there? He's a name that popped up. I, okay. I was kind of surprised by that because yeah. his name isn't one that's been floated around a lot. Um, as far as former guys, Mike Smith's name was on there, and I'm like, gosh, dang, I wish we still had Mike Smith. I still have, yeah. wish we, he was coaching outside linebackers. The other guy, oh, he was signed last week. Aubrey, Pro, Aubrey Pleasant. Yeah. He signed as an offensive analyst. Um, <laughs> he was just fired as a defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. I don't know. If you want to play man, it's a guy who knows how to play man. Yeah. Right. I mean, he had All been right. coached by Caper. I think he was he's crossed over with Petten before. Um, has a lot of experience in a lot of different schemes, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, he's he, in the he, building. And I, I, I do remember looking up when I when I wrote up that they, they signed him on to to help with the coaching staff. He's been he's coached under Barry in with the Rams yeah. for the last four years. Oh, yeah. Or yeah coached yeah. with Barry rather. So um, there's at least some scheme familiarity there. Um, so maybe that wouldn't be that big of a, of a change, but um, huh? Yeah. That's, that's an interesting name, but given that he's apparently working with the offensive side, I feel like that seems highly unlikely at this point. Yeah. It's, it's always tough trying to figure mm-hmm. out like what these actual analyst roles are too, because, yeah. you know, you see it in college football at the time where it's like, Oh yeah, and for the national championship game, Steve Sarkeesian is going to come down and call plays, and it's like, huh, I thought he wasn't supposed to be involved with coaching at all. Like, they're not supposed to be involved in on-field and all that stuff. So, I don't know. Um, cold weather didn't seem to impact or, or help the Packers very much. So, yeah, the the kicking game was weird. Mason Crosby looks oh my god washed. I mean, you, I, I can't tell how much of it is the back, but he couldn't. I mean, he had one that landed at the 15-yard line. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them got inside the 10. Um, everything was getting returned. The the field goal that he attempted and actually made, not the one that ended up getting blocked, which is a whole other story, but the one that he attempted and barely made, I think it was like a 39-yarder, yep. and it just barely hit the back Knuckleballer. of the Knuckleballer. And you're yeah. like, oh, God. And then even Pat O'Donnell, he had that, that one punt that it wasn't shanked, but the way he kicked it, it looked like it was covered in ice. Like, it yeah. just did not get any umph on it at all. He was backed up, too, so maybe that had a factor into it. Um, I, I know, you know, the punt protection hasn't been great. All those linebacker, inside linebacker injuries, that's where they hurt them on special teams. It's yeah. punt protection. Um, so that unit hasn't been necessarily great this year. But just not – the offense didn't play good, right? I mean, the Packers threw, like – it was like – 40 times for like 200 yards, basically somewhere abouts there. And then defensively, they gave up 300 yards um, just in the passing game. They gave up 400 yards total special teams was probably the worst that it's been this year. If you're not including, you know, just like return fumbles or anything like that. So not great. The the one uh, guy we wanted to see more of, and we talked about this, I think post game last week was Kenny Clark, right? right. Um, Kenny Clark was going to have to be the guy who kind of steps up for Rashawn Gary and the Titans had a backup center in. And I know, you know, the Derrick Henry numbers don't look great, but Aaron Brewer was doing a pretty good job of handling Kenny Clark. Aaron Brewer was a guy who was very small at Texas state was a guy that was on our radar when um, we were doing XFL stuff. And he was kind of like, I think he was even working out, I believe as a tight end and a long snapper. Like that's how small this guy was as a center, he was able to handle Kenny Clark pretty well. 
And then on the flip side, Jeffrey Simmons, I mean, you couldn't tell that this guy had barely practiced throughout the week, you know, had missed last week, was listed as questionable coming into this because he was eating Josh Myers up alive. So I think that's kind of the tale of the game. It was as much as it was, you know, Tannehill can get all these yards. Well, part of that was they can't get any pressure at all. Right. Um, And it's a, it's a game that was to me lost in the trenches still. Right. I mean, I, I talked about it a little bit at, at halftime. Um, the only pressure the Packers got in the first half was off a schemed pressure with a Quay Walker blitz mm-hmm. through the B gap um, where he and Preston kind of converged on a sack. Um, I think that's, is that the only sack that the Packers had tonight? Oh no, Preston had another one kind of on his own when he was getting uh, arm barred across the neck, but uh, just had a nice rush, but yeah, there's, there was no consistent rush and, and, you mentioned it it felt a lot like the first half of the Lions game last year where yeah. they're just sitting back with a four man rush the whole game um they're not getting home and the quarterback is able to just sit back scan the defense hit the open guy and and there's always somebody open and and move the ball consistently yeah and it felt uh, like Tannehill the only one that he hit in a window was or not even a window but like he had to have really good placement on was the touchdown that shot oh yeah 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 the touchdown too yeah. But th- those two, but, and then outside of that, it's just like guys are wide open. And it's like, right. you can't be doing this. No. You, you have no pressure. And I I think Rashawn Gary kind of bailed him out for a while. Because remember the first month of the year, we had all those stats where it was like, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, they're all top 10 in the NFL in, in pressure percentage. And yeah. Gary's out, and Kenny hasn't been playing great recently. Preston has his you know limitations just based off of, his body type at this point. And it's just like, it's not happening. It's not getting into five over five and hoping that you can win one-on-ones. Like teams want you to do that at this point. Yeah. I mean, we saw a a flash or two for many Barre, but that was, that was about it. There's certainly no consistent production there. Um, And yeah, you think back and, and if this team isn't going to play Devontae Wyatt, you'd sure like to have a guy like George Karloftis on the roster instead to, uh, to be taking those Enigbari snaps with, with Rashawn Gary out, but here we are. Yeah. Just really unfortunate. I mean, yeah. again, it, it feels, I know we got excited about like, we're still alive. We're not, we're not dead last week, but now that we're dead again, now that we're zombie dead, we got double tapped, right? Yep. This team feels rudderless again. Mm-hmm. It's like, where, where are we even going? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. It's just unfortunate. Like in, in terms of moving forward, right? I think the Vikings have a pretty good core. Feels like the Bears are trending up. The Lions coming into the season felt like they were trending up, but I don't know about now. Like, would it surprise I, you if the Packers, if if they ran this team back next year, the Bears get an off season to like fix this stuff? They get a first round pick um, to use this year because Justin Fields, the Justin Fields trade really cost them. Right in in terms of draft capital, like would you be surprised if the Packers finished third in the NFC North next year? I wouldn't be no. shocked. No, but. not at all. Like, yeah, it's a that's a feeling that we haven't had around here in a long time. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, it has to be. They have to put it on the coaches. It yeah. has to be the internal yeah. monologue and all that stuff. Plus, just in terms of front office politics. Right. Yeah. The front office is going to want to blame it on 
someone who is not in the front office in general, right? Yep. So if they can if they can just coattail it and be like, oh yeah, it was the defensive coordinator's fault. We we actually shouldn't be on the hot seat at all. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure they would do it. So yeah, oh, we we gave them these, you know, we gave them all these the, the couple of first round picks this year. They Second didn't play defense. All right, that stuff. they didn't they didn't play one of the first rounders at all. You know, all season long, we gave them all these all these guys and all this this stuff to work with, and and they didn't make anything out of it. So yeah, it it just feels like that's that's the way they're gonna spin it, and we'll have a a bunch of different coaches on defense next year and run it back and see where it happens. But doesn't feel great. Does not feel great. Doesn't feel great. Um, any other general thoughts about this before we go into the vibe checks? Also, by the way, I have COVID. If uh, you're wondering <laughs> why my, if I sound not great right now, I have COVID for the third time, which I can't believe. Um, wow. The Bolsonaro allegations stand, unfortunately. We we need to get Not you fun. into a lab, man. Somebody needs to study the those T cells that you've got and figure Dude, out what the hell's going on. I thought I've taken all the boosters, all the stuff. Still getting sick, still getting my ass kicked. I will say yeah. my girlfriend, who somehow managed not to get COVID the other time I got COVID, is way sicker than I am somehow. Mm. So I don't know if if you get less sick the more you get this. I don't I don't know how it works out. I'm just happy I get it out of the way. So I don't have to be sick during the holidays. Um <laughs> Any other thoughts before we get into vibe checks? Just the one, the one thing that killed me, right in in the fourth quarter, you get the Rasul Douglas pick, and it feels like okay, we have life, and then you get the three and out again. And Rogers even said after the game, like, yeah, I missed the throw to Watkins, I missed the throw to Lazard, like, I missed him. It's like okay, I'm I'm glad that you're taking responsibility for those those big misses, but you know, throw an accurate ball, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Making $60 million this year. You had, you had, you had wide open receivers on both of those plays. You're, you're getting paid a shit ton of money to, to elevate the guys around you. You can't be missing gimmies like that. So yeah. that's, that's my last top line thought. Um, The other thing I had on that, they only had two minutes and five seconds of clock time in the second quarter. Their defense got completely worn out. That's one reason why, like, even if you want to blame the defense, it's like, eh. I mean, the offense wasn't helping them in that game. Like, well, they and they got the stop. They managed to get yeah. the stop at the end of that ten-minute, eighteen-play drive too, inside the ten-yard okay. line. And then, of course, you know, Packers go three and out with almost the safety. Like I almost, I almost wish they that that Rogers was in the end zone when he threw the uh, the grounding penalty when he thought that yeah. John Runyon was a check so that down. They couldn't score a touchdown, right? <laughs> yeah, but. and then even then, like they couldn't capitalize on on the uh, Nixon punt return either. Mm-hmm. That was a big play that kind of felt like you know another wave of we're not dead, we're not dead. I still mm-hmm. have a heartbeat. I still got a pulse. And uh, with two minutes, or, or there was four minutes to go in the season, basically it took them two minutes to go 22 yards and they ended up turning it over on downs. Just uh, brutal. And, and that, that drive felt like you were pulling teeth mm-hmm. that drive. I know it says two minutes, like in turn, but that was a lot of incompletions too. Yep. That felt like 
a 30 minute drive that somehow went nowhere. It was crazy to me. They kept being on the field. And then to, to run the ball on fourth and one straight at Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. The guy who, again, been kicking your second round center's ass all day. What the hell are we doing here? So, yeah. Yep. Uh, All right. Let's get to vibe checks. Uh, We'll see you guys after the break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right. Start on the offensive side. I think the most disappointing side or the most disappointing unit in this game. I know Rodgers missed some throws. That kind of is what it is. I mean, he didn't play his best, but the wide receivers really killed him. It just felt like so many times it was either a drop or miscommunication or whatever. Again, they had like 12 targets that went for like 50 yards to, uh, to Lazard and uh, Sammy Watkins, right? I mean, those two guys had, if not their worst games of the season, and Watkins has had some pretty not good ones, right? Like he'd run in the wrong routes against Detroit and stuff like that. But this seemed like to be the worst out of all of them as a collective unit. Yeah, you expected the the run game to struggle because Titans came in yeah. with the the number one ranked run defense in the in the, in the the NFL, um, but they also had the last ranked deep passing defense in the NFL. And I would, you would have thought that this team could have dialed up some shot plays even to, to, to Watson. Um, I know there was the one where he kind of like, he kind of slowed down um, in the second half on, on that one shot play that they took, but um, there was one was, Rogers just completely missed too. Right. I think it was like a third down. He was just butt naked wide open the sideline and he just yep. never looked at him. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, just right. A, a rough game overall for, for the passing game just as a whole. I thought the offensive line struggled a lot too. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know, the Titans have a really stout defensive line. That's probably the best way to explain it. Yeah. I was surprised they were able to get so much pressure. Again, Bud Dupree and Harold Landry were on. Or Bud Dupree was out for this game. He missed last game too. And Harold Landry's on injured reserve. So you would think they wouldn't be able to get a lot of edge pressure. And, you know, I thought Bakhtiari played pretty well in this game. He's 
been good when he's been on the field all season. He played the whole game yep. as far as I could tell today, which is nice, especially on a short week um, to see him progress that way. But I just thought they were going to be able to get the edges a little bit better on, on this team, not just in the passing game, but also in the ground game. Um, I thought inside runs were just like damn near rip them out Nothing. of the playbook. Like just, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know they did it as like a tendency breaker with Jones in the game specifically. And he, he popped a couple of them um, for decent gains, but it yeah. felt like so many of the inside AJ Dillon carries just were dead on arrival. Yep. There, there were some interesting wrinkles that they brought in in the run game, especially I think it was the first drive of the second yeah. half. We, oh, were, yeah. we were talking about it every auxiliary, um, every like, tendency yeah. breaker they had and they they like broke out a little triple option at one point too which was that was a lot of fun they um, had like the spinner rpo where rogers mm-hmm. just does a full 360 and throws it behind him like yeah. they did a lot of weird stuff for for that drive and that drive ended yeah. up working but I don't, I don't know if they just ran out of plays or it was the game script or or what was going on um but they didn't stick to that stuff right yeah lib lib bummer um, <laughs> I yeah. don't know what else to say after this game. Um, offensive vibe check, like a four. four. This is a bad game. Yeah, no. Just, I don't think just... anything's like this is forever going to be bad for the rest of the season. It's just like that sucked. Yep, that yeah. sucked. Yeah, I mean, bad matchup. Um, with what has been working for this team, right? This team has gone as the running game is gone. And when you go up against a top ranked run defense that showed up and, and really limited your run game um, that did seem to, to really hurt what they could do just on offense as a whole. Defensively, I guess the big thing to watch out moving forward is not only the health of Devondre Campbell, but also um, Quay Walker. He ended up leaving the game with a shoulder injury. They listed him as questionable. I don't think he ever came back though. No, I think it was still McDuffie and Barnes. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah, Barnes made that big hit on on Tannehill on that yeah. scramble late in the game that uh, that forced a punt, and and yeah, we didn't see Quay after that at all. I think, unfortunately, the Titans kind of. I have to cough because I have COVID right now. Hold up. All right, I'm back. Uh, the the one thing that they kind of drew the blueprint out for was the fact that Green Bay really tried to play Penny early on in this game. And they were just high-lowing um, Quay Walker as the single inside linebacker. So they would have yeah. a guy run some sort of route behind him. He would drop, and then they would run like a crosser underneath him or something to the flat he was supposed to take. And it really kind of showed like the limitations of like the defensive structure. When you're sending those five down guys every single time, and, okay, we're, we're sending five. Well, now you only have six in coverage, and we're going to make this inside linebacker have to be at two spots at the same time. I mean, plus the fact he's a play, he's the green dot and he's a rookie, right? And it's a short week. I don't know how much preparation he got. Like, I understand yeah. why he was confused out there. Yeah. And that's why I think he looks better when he's down on the edge right now. And he's yep. just told, like, hey, set the edge, go straight forward, get penetration in the backfield, go be big, strong, fast. And I don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe they should be playing him when these guys get healthy. Cause again, Barnes had that big hit. I mean, would it be the worst thing if Barnes and Campbell played inside backer and, and Quay walked down to the line of scrimmage? I don't know. Probably not. Especially with the injury issues on the edge now, right? Yeah. I mean, you're you you need guys at that position. Um and and yeah, Quay has has looked all season long, he's looked better when he's able to just 
flow to the football and and just instinctually play and and use his speed rather than having to read and react to the play in front of him. So um, anyway, you can can get him doing that because the fourth down stop on that big long drive, right? He made that stop, um, but that was that was him on the edge, yep. um, just closing on the football and, and closing on Henry. So um, the explosiveness is there, the athletic ability is there. Um, it's just a matter of of yeah hopefully Campbell gets back and you can put him in a position to just fire and and yeah. attack rather than having to think and react um one other thing if you're watching the league nationally a lot of people wanted Devin Lloyd in that spot for Quay Walker Devin yeah. Lloyd ended up getting taken by Jacksonville shortly after um Devin Lloyd has now been benched in I believe back-to-back games and the plan <laughs> moving forward is for him to come off the bench and have Chad Muma, who was drafted uh, in the third round, um, be there because I guess uh, what's his name? Foyer Olukan, I believe is how you say his name. The other the the linebacker from Yale who ended up going to Atlanta before uh, Jacksonville. He was all mad that you know Devin Lloyd can't get lined up and stuff right, so he was like, "Get him out of here." So <laughs> it seems like you know there's going to be growing pains with inside linebackers anyway, but it feels like we probably took the right one out of, you know, the options that yeah. were out there. Well, and you haven't like the, a lot of talk. I remember, you know, around draft time was, well, why is Quay Walker going ahead of N'Kobe Dean? You haven't heard anything out of him out of yeah. Philly this year. Um, I, I, I don't know what his snap count is, but he certainly isn't playing significant snaps for Philly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of traits to work with there. Um, but yeah, I mean, He's a rookie. He's adjusting. He's put in a really tough position, especially with the Campbell injury. And, um, you know, that limits, I think, what you can reasonably expect out of him, you know, as an overall player. Plus, the guys in front of him aren't playing too good either. So, yeah, that doesn't help. That doesn't, doesn't help when some of these guys are getting walked back. Um, yep. I don't know if Jerron Reed made it play today. I know I saw Lowry a couple times, but. I don't no. get it. Reed had that no. big game last week, at least on paper, with the advanced stats, right? They all say he had 80 billion pressures or something like that. But this yeah. week, back back to normal. Back yep. to normal. Yeah. I mean, the only the only guy on the front who I think flashed at all really was TJ Slayton. He had a couple of nice yeah. plays in the run game. Um I did <laughs> I did have to laugh at him uh, you know, chasing down or trying to chase down Tannehill yeah. in the open field at one point. Um but no, I mean he he looked stout at the point of attack until he got banged up a little bit in the second half too. I still I just want to see more of this young D line. I, yeah. I just and it's not like I want to see them play, but I just want to see them play more. Yep. Like Slayton's been he he's a little up and down again because of it, just the foot speed thing, right? Sure. Like he's a big dude, but he has splash plays. This yeah. defensive line needs splash plays. Mm-hmm. They can't they can't stop anyone. If you want to run it at him, you can just run it at him. Um, that's going to be a problem. And then, you know, Wyatt, obviously we've talked about him at nauseum. Um, defensive vibe check. I feel like this is another, like four probably, yeah. but like so much of it is just like, how are we this bad? How, <laughs> how we spent so much money, so many draft picks, so much talent on this, on this unit. Like it, it should not be what we're seeing. It doesn't make sense. Like if yeah. a guy, even like an Amos, right? Like an Amos walks and then has a big year somewhere else next year. That wouldn't surprise me. 
Yeah, he's he's, he's really taken a you know we've talked about him and why he didn't get a contract this you know this off season or or even last off season get an extension. It does feel like he's taken a step back this year to me. Yeah. At least. It feels like he's a step slower. Like yeah. he's definitely trending that way. And and yeah, maybe that is a schematic thing. Maybe there's something just in the, um, you know, with with the coaching staff that's that's causing that. But, um, yeah, I I could. I could, I wouldn't be surprised either way if he ends up continuing on a decline someplace else, or, you know, if he ends up bouncing back and having a really good year someplace else next year. Yeah. Special teams. This is bad. Even Cobb returning punts was weird. Yeah. He looked like, I think, I can't remember if you said it or someone else, but someone in the APC Slack was like, he looked like he was going to just like turn into dust when he got hit, <laughs> you know, just explode. Yeah, well- and it was interesting that they had, they did have Nixon returning punts in the second half because yeah. he had the big one. He had like a 24 yard return, which if I remember right, was one yard longer than Amari Rogers's career long punt return. Um, so, and, and of course the offense didn't do anything with it, but he at least, he at least looks comfortable back there. And although he you know, had the weird one over his head last week, um, I at least, don't go into a panic mode every time I see him lining up back there. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess the thing with Nixon is if I'm putting myself in the shoes of Basaccia, I guess the reason you don't give Nixon the first look there is because you want him as the vice guy. Cause I know he's been playing the yep. vice. So it's like a whole thing of like, we get better at returner, but if we get better at returner, do we get worse as a return unit? because we have a worse guy on the vice and Shamar John Charles, you know, has been hurt recently. He would be a guy who would probably be high on that list of replacing him as the vice. Maybe if he gets healthy, they just go with him full time, you know, Nixon back there returning, but I don't know. I guess we'll see moving forward. You know, um, Tipa probably, if I remember right, he should be, if he's not back, it should be the next week. Um, if he doesn't play against the Philadelphia Eagles, that he should be back. So that'll give him another body of outside linebacker. That'll give him help. He's like their left tackle in punt protection. That'll help. Maybe the O'Donnell shank doesn't happen if Tipa's back out there. Um, but outside linebacker even, just to get back to defense, like that's going to be an interesting one just in terms of the roster numbers because right now, right, they only really have, um, you and know, the two starters. Yeah, and it's – Garvin is yeah. the only other one on the 53. They've, they've called up Ladarius Hamilton each of the last two weeks. Now and that's his that. third time. So he can't yep. get called up again. And I don't think right. that's a guy that you're going to use a 53 man roster spot for. So I think yeah. Tipa's coming up. Tipa hasn't played a, a one, one parentheses, one um, <laughs> defensive snap this year. He hasn't done it. Uh, so that's what we're down to. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, we've exhausted Ladarius Hamilton. And now we have to start using Tipa off of IR to play as the fourth pass rusher. And it's like, there's gotta be someone out there. There's gotta be someone out there roaming this earth who can rush the passer better than the Packers options at their third and fourth rusher right now. There has to be, there has to be. They did, they did sign Tim Ward, some guy to their practice squad this week. That was one of their moves. And you know, when they didn't bring Kylan Hill back uh, to the practice squad or anything like that. So yeah, that's, that's a name I've never heard before in my no. life, at least in association with an NFL player. So we have we have to remind who is it, Archon in the chat that uh Jack Heflin was still with us. 
Because <laughs> he, he was like, Jonathan Ford might have to be active for some of these games. And I was like, dude, this is Jack Heflin's season. Yeah. I've ever seen. I don't think Ford's ready to go. Plus, you have – because this was what – oh, that would have been for Slayton, right? That was when the Slayton injury happened. Because I was going to say, yeah, you're calling up another guy, that's three nose tackles. But I guess if Slayton is out, you and he becomes yeah. a second on that stuff. Um, special teams, vibe checks. I still feel good season long. This wasn't good. I'll say like six. Mason <sighs> honestly worries me the most. That's – I was going to say. The, the, <laughs> like it's the... – bad right now the, the past two game. weeks i know he's dealing with the back oh, but it man. is bad right now yeah yeah uh it's k- really like a 53 yarder or something last week yeah kick Crazy. kicking game kicking game is like a three everything else is like a six yeah i think that's fair oh my god it's it's we need to have the the talk about sending mason out to the farm upstate yeah, like, I again I don't especially this season, I don't think they're gonna do it. But next oh, they're year not, they're not going no to, way. but yeah, this this offseason, I, I think his contract is up after this year too. Like we we have been talking about him as a potential cap casualty before this year in the offseason. Um there's no way that they you know, practically speaking, I think this is a thank you for your service. Your contract is up. We we appreciate everything re- you've done with for us. Um we would like you to retire and retire a Packer and we'll induct you into the Packers hall of fame in like week yeah. six of 2023. And yeah, thanks for everything you've done for us and we'll move on. <laughs> Just like, yeah. Give him the whole, like, you see John Coon's job. Do you want John yeah. Coon's job? Like yeah. we can do something like that for you. you there know? you go. One of those type of things, like yep. player, player relations or whatever. Sure. Um, the rest of the schedule. So uh-huh. we got the mini bye week, back to back road games at the Philadelphia Eagles that Sunday night, then Fox. The actual bye week, then the Rams at the Miami Dolphins, and then home back to back Vikings Lions. I'm looking at those games. Eagles, Vikings seem out of reach at this point. Just the way that their seasons are going. I think they have a chance against the Bears, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Lions. If they split those, they're at two and four for the rest of the season, if I'm counting it right. So like yeah. you should count their like their so, their total this season, if we're projecting forward, probably should be something like six and twelve. Six I can't I can't do six, the math. Six and eleven. Yeah. Six I mean, and eleven. Yeah. You're you're more generous to them on that Miami game than I am. Like, Their defense is legit bad. I mean, yeah. that could be the one though that like it's just Christmas if the Packers in, if the Packers are getting clowned, I might just jump on the pile and just be like two a throw for five hundred over the middle, <laughs> like because we're talking about you know um, the Titans isolating these guys over the middle, right? And and talking about Quay and Penny and all that stuff. Yep, dude, the, that's what the Dolphins do. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the Dolphins right now, if you haven't watched them this season, and I know they're out of market, they're AFC, all that stuff. So I don't know how many of you guys are catching these games. It's crazy the amount of yards that are coming in like intermediate range over the middle for the Dolphins this year in a way that feels very much like that first year of Chip Kelly, where it's just like he's a year ahead of everyone in the league and everyone's going to start assimilating that stuff next season, right? Yep. Um, it just feels like, the Dolphins are just spamming that stuff, and it's not because of 
the quarterback being the trigger man, right? It was, it was Nick Foles for, for Chip Kelly, who was going crazy, right? Yeah. Um, that could be the game that our linebackers are in hell, though. I, I will, yeah, that's a it's a weird matchup. If they don't have a game plan for that intermediate stuff, I mean, they're or a game plan that works, they're screwed. Yeah. Yeah, that might be a, a rough Christmas Christmas day for Packers fans. So, but by that point, it's it's all going to be over, and we're going to be looking ahead to the 2023 draft anyway. So it's fine. That's a tough stretch for definitely, especially the defense. Like qu- quit watch. You don't want to do quit watch, but quit watch. <laughs> if you were gonna have it, it looks like Christmas Day and and New Year's Day back to back. Right. Yeah. That those are the ones where guys, you know, theoretically would would maybe tap out and start making business decisions yep. going into the next year. Uh, I think that's a podcast, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's late. You got COVID. We gotta call it. I do. <laughs> yep. Uh go pack go again. Um we'll have the Discord posted uh on the post on the site for this podcast and also in the description of this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so if you want to join us there, um, if for whatever reason, Twitter does end up actually going down, you can find <laughs> us there. Uh, you can find us on the Facebook, all that stuff. You know, this website obviously isn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. So uh, that is it. Go pack, go for go. whatever we're playing for, for the rest go. of 2022. Yeah, let's let's Quentin Johnson, the race, Quentin Johnston. There we go. All right, go pack up.